Well, hi, my name is Ian. I'm one of the leaders here at Rotherham Evangelical Church. I have the privilege of uh, bringing what's our third message in our, our Advent series called Christmas at Home. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I probably watch too much TV and, and I like to watch some of the uh, emergency reality TV shows, you know, um, ambulance shows and police shows and all that kind of thing. Uh, but I have to be careful because I am quite squeamish. So if anything looks like it might be a bit nasty, I have to turn over to something else on the other side. But when you, when you think about those shows, there's always the situation where whoever's being rescued, whoever's being assisted, somebody has to go into that situation to rescue them. If it's a, a helicopter, somebody has to be lowered on a rope to get to them. Uh, if it's a fire, uh, folks from the fire service have to go into the burning building to get them. If it's a lifeguard, someone has to go into the water to find the person who's at risk of death and to save them. And that idea stands true in our Christmas series. Uh, we've learned over the last couple of weeks how we have wandered away from God's design from our home and that we're now at risk of death. So today we're going to think about how God came to our home, how God came to rescue us, even like someone going into a, a burning building to come and get us. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, uh, that God has sent into his world his son, Jesus. Jesus has, has willingly left his home, a place of great uh, glory and peace and wonder, and has instead come into the world where those things are not really true. And this is something that, that as Christians, we call that the Incarnation. So today we're going to think about the Incarnation for a few minutes. And we're going to think about it in uh, sort of under three headings. You'll see them behind me here. Uh, and first of all, we're going to think about the unique need for the Incarnation. The unique need for the Incarnation. Do we really need rescuing? Is our house really on fire? Is the world really that bad? Is, is our life that bad? Well, we heard a couple of weeks ago from Ewan how uh, God has an ideal home for us. His design for it was perfect. It was a, a place designed specifically for us. A place where we had purpose. A place where we lived under God's good rule under his blessing, and how God himself, his very presence, was there. His rule was wise rule. It was a good place. Paradise. Specifically designed for us to be good. However, we heard last week from Rob how Adam and Eve chose to leave that home. They thought there was a better idea, that, uh, that phrase, the grass is greener on the other side, that, the, that their vision of home was better than God's design. And so 
they chose to leave that. And we saw how badly that worked out for them, how it worked out badly for all of us. And yet even now, on one level or another, we all still want a home based more on our own idea. We want to perhaps negotiate with God about what our life should be. Or perhaps we out and out reject God and his idea of home. We want to be under our own rule. I was tempted to make a Brexit joke at that point. I have decided to go past it. Uh, However, somehow we know that we cannot get back to that design. Somehow, even though we, we know what, it, what, the, what the Garden of Eden was like, we know that we are people who don't do everything God wants us to do. We're not able to find our way back. We need someone to come to us to rescue us. Otherwise, we're going to be like Chris Freer. We're just going to be driving home for Christmas forever and never actually getting there. So who was that going to be? Who can come and rescue us? Would God intervene? Would God step in to bring us home? How was he going to do it? Knowing our unique need for the incarnation. God sends his only son Jesus. And he sends Jesus... Because only he can rescue us because of his unique nature. That's our second point then. The unique nature of the incarnation. In the past, God sent uh, prophets into the world and they would uh, bring uh, his people uh, messages from God, communication from God, uh, urging them to Basically to return to God's good design. To return home. They were his ambassadors. They were representing God on earth. But Jesus is not merely an ambassador. He's not merely representing God. From time to time, even even in the Christmas story, we hear how God sent his angels to the earth. The word angel means messenger, you might know that, and that is their their role, that is what God has them do. They bring messages from God to the earth. But Jesus is not merely a messenger from God. In the past, God would even sometimes uh, put his spirit on a particular Uh, individual for a a, a period of time and empower them to do wonderful things on his behalf. Uh, Great deeds. Jesus is not merely a spirit come to uh, empower a particular king or a particular individual. God sent his only son Jesus to us in person. In the flesh. This is not a Zoom call. 
This is not something that's happening on, on WhatsApp or something like this. This is Jesus stepping down as a physical baby at Christmas into our world. You may know that Christians think of God as uh, in, uh, using the word something called the Trinity. Trinity is uh, uh, three persons in one being. So that's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is God the Son. He's, he's what we call the second person of the Trinity. And so Jesus has always been 100% God. He's always been 100% divine. Yet when he comes to earth, when he comes to our home for the first time, he also becomes 100% human. Not 50% God and 50% human, but 100% God and 100% human at the same time. You may remember that just from what Andrew read. Verse 14 talks about how he shared our flesh and blood. A real baby who grew to be a real man. And we've heard some of that in our Advent readings, haven't we? Those of you who've been reading the, the book by Tim Chester that we've been reading, or if you've watched them on, on uh, YouTube over the last couple of weeks, you've heard about that, that idea. The necessity for Jesus to become human because we are human. And so God becomes physically, actually, really present with his people for the first time since Adam and Eve. He was here in our home. He's left behind his glory and his majesty the angels who, who adore him, not for a, a fleeting visit, not for five days over Christmas or something, but for 30 years. He chooses to willingly lay aside his glory and to humble himself, to hide his glory, to live in the world, in the world that he's helped to create, in the world where he's established the physical rules, he, he'll humble himself to experience that. To experience everything that we experience. To feel emotions in the way that we feel emotions. With one exception. He never committed a sin. He never did anything wrong. There was no action of his, no thought of his that was wrong. He was without sin. What an incredible thing for God to lay aside all that and to come into the world. Imagine the Queen came to your home. Right? Imagine the Queen came to your home for a visit. But she doesn't come with all the security guards. She doesn't come with the frock and the handbag. She leaves the corgis at home. And she just comes to your house and hangs out with you for 30 years. And she's just like one of the family. She does what you do. If you're playing Scrabble, she plays Scrabble with you. If you're eating chicken nuggets, she's eating the chicken nuggets. She's helping out with the chores. She's just being a perfect family member for 30 years. But 
she's still the queen. She's still the queen. She still has, uh, that is still her nature. She's still 100% the queen. She can go home. She can pick up that crown wherever she wants to. She can go back to the corgis and to the security guards and the palaces. Jesus was physically with his people. He was physically with us. We sang a moment ago a song with the word Emmanuel in it. The word Emmanuel means God with us. This is one of Jesus' titles. Whenever you see Jesus' name in the Bible, you can think that that's Emmanuel. God with us. God with his people. Adam and Eve chose to leave that good home because they were rebelling. Because they were not following. Uh, They didn't want to follow God's rules. Jesus leaves his home and comes to earth because he is following the rules. Because he is following the will of the Father perfectly. On the one hand, flesh and bone. The other, the very presence of God with his people. And he came because of our unique need. Our unique need for the incarnation. And so Jesus came to us with his unique nature. And he came thirdly to perform a unique task. How does the incarnation get us home? How does Jesus rescue us? In our reading today we heard... We heard there verse 17 how Jesus came to our home, took on flesh and blood, so he could become a high priest to us. The high priest in the Jewish religion was the one who represented God's people to God. And he would make prayers for them and he was ceremonially acceptable to God. So Jesus came to our home, as it said in the reading in part, so that he might become our high priest. And think about this, he is uniquely qualified to do that. Why? Because he is fully human, 100% human, and so he knows what we're going through. He knows the kind of things we pray for, how, how we struggle, how important these things are for us. And yet he's also fully God, and so 100% acceptable to God. The Father, because he's without sin and he is totally righteous. The ideal high priest. But he didn't just come for that, he also came, verse 18, back in the passage, he came to help us with our temptations. Although he didn't sin, because he was fully human, he felt temptation exactly the way we do. He says there that Jesus suffered when tempted. And so he knows what we're going through. He can help us in this. He was tempted to do wrong exactly as we are, but he never gave into it. So in that lifelong fight that Christians face against our our sinful nature, Jesus is our perfect example. He knows what we're going through and yet he never gave in. But, but thirdly and most importantly, Jesus came to our home to set us free. You can't leave where you are 
if you're chained up. If you're chained to a wall, it says there that we're chained. If you're chained to a wall, you cannot leave. Jesus unchains his followers from their fear of death by, by dying in our place and rising from the dead. He atones, that is, he, he pays the price for our sin and instead makes us pure before God. So we're acceptable to God. We're so acceptable that it says there, verse 11, that Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. The very centre of the incarnation is not the birth of Jesus, it's the death of Jesus. It's the death and his resurrection. There is no Easter without Christmas. There's no Calvary without Bethlehem. Why? Because only a human can die. God can't die. Only a human being can't die. If Jesus remains 100% God, he can't die for us. How can God, who is spirit, physically rise from the dead? Three days later, he cannot. So Jesus has to come to us in the incarnation if we're going to be saved. If we're going to be rescued, if he's going to open that door for us to get home by unchaining us. How incredible, how mysterious, how glorious, how perfect. What amazing news is this? That the one who has created the earth, and to do that he has to be flesh and blood. To do that he has to come. To our home. Over this, over this pandemic, many of us have experienced real isolation for the first time, perhaps. We've glimpsed just a little bit of what eternal separation will mean if we die without faith in Jesus in a permanent exile permanently away from that home that God has designed for us. Imagine a permanent lockdown where you are forever on your own. Now multiply that by about 10,000. Add some physical torture. That is what hell is like. Some of us will have felt over this, over this pandemic the, the very real fear of death. The, the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about there. But though we are afraid of death, perhaps our own death, perhaps the death of loved ones, Jesus wants to free us from that. Remember, when a Christian dies, it is only gain. It is not loss. And yet we have experienced that, that fear perhaps, over this pandemic that the writer is talking about. There's been times when, you know, over the last nine months, certainly, when I've had a, a distinct sense that all these things, all these things are pointing out to us that our, that we are not home, that, that where we are is not everything it should be.
that it is that we live in a broken world and that what we really need is to get back to that home that God designed. We have a unique need for Jesus to come to our home. Our only hope is in his unique nature. It is only the unique task that he has carried out that he's performed on our behalf that can put us on that track to that home that, has got, that God has for us. You want a dramatic rescue? This rescue is way more dramatic than anything you will see on reality TV. The Apostle John, who, who walked with Jesus for three years as one of his apostles, as one of his closest followers, wrote this. This is in, uh, in the Bible, 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, he's talking about Jesus here, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim, Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago we heard from Exodus 34 how, how Moses saw the back of the glory of God. Elsewhere in the Old Testament it tells us how the presence of God was hidden in the, in the Holy of Holies. First of all in the, in the tabernacle and later in the temple in Jerusalem. But now at Christmas, now at Christmas we find that God came to our home and John writes, we've seen him with our eyes. We've, we've touched him. When Jesus is lying in the manger, when Mary or Joseph reach out to touch him. They're touching the hand of God. He is really with us. Jesus has come into our home as a man because he loves us. Because he loves you and he wants to free you. He wants to free you so you can come home with him. Even at Christmas time. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are a good and a gracious God. You have not been slow in any way to withhold from us what we need. And you have not withheld your son. You did not hold back from sending your son Jesus into the world knowing our great need of him knowing what he would have to do knowing the price he would have to pay on our behalf you did not hold back you did not keep him at home how many of us would want to keep 
an only son at home and away from danger. Yet knowing exactly what the danger was, knowing exactly how he was going to die, you still sent him. And he did everything you had asked him to do. Ultimately dying for us. So that by believing in him and turning away from our sin, we might be saved. We might have the opportunity to return back to the home you had designed for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen.